Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding. And welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding podcast show. And I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. All right, guys. So today we have a special show, and that is Dr. James Pan. He was actually on the podcast um, quite a while ago, and he is back on. Very popular episode from before. So you are going to love today's episode as well. Um, he is going to be talking about the evaluation and research section of a grant. So it's really important, you know, there's a lot of times in different federal grants and foundation grants where you have to know how to evaluate the program, right? And a lot of funding sources, why they want to know what your evaluation program or method will be is because they want to make sure that your grant has measurability to it, right? So you can measure the outcomes and the impact that you say you're going to have. So if you say, we're going to serve 100 uh, youth in this certain area, and we're going to um, have them go through a transitional housing program that's five months long, and we're, they're going to have all of these services, they want to know how you're going to measure that. What is the impact? You know, if you say this is going to decrease teen suicide, it's going to increase, um, you know, some positive factors such as self-esteem, etc., then how are you going to measure all that? Um, and it doesn't have to be a super fancy $50,000 sophisticated technology program, okay? Some of these things can be pretty simple, right? So simple is actually better. Uh, so James is going to come on today and talk about that. And it's really, really great because he shares in, in depth on how he does that for his company. They really focus on research and evaluation. He's also a professor. Um, you're going to hear a bit of his bio, but he is fantastic. Um, he's done a lot of work in the grant section of the evaluation section, and with a lot of research, he actually does a lot of presentations and conferences, et cetera, on all of this. So I have him on the show today to talk about that. And it was kind of fun because we recorded it with my, my mentorship program, so they were able to go behind the scenes and listen in on the conversation and then ask some questions. So it was really, really fun, and it's a little different. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. And just right before we get started in, I just want to let you guys know that the doors are still open to the six-week grant writing master course. Now, if you really want to go through the course, we kick off next week on June 1st. So and we only have about a few slots left. So we are filling up. We have 15 capacity. Um, we've definitely had a lot of those places locked in. So we are closing the doors um, and there's a few slots left. If you've been kind of thinking about it and going back and forth and really interested in it, please do join. I only offer this once or twice a year. So this is the live form. I do have an online course. So if you just want to do it your own pace, you can have videos, downloadables, templates, etc. You can definitely grab those. But if you want to go through a six-week course with a cohort, and of course myself, where we do weekly Zoom uh, calls where we go over, we actually develop a master grant application for you or your nonprofit, 
Um, even if you don't, you know, maybe you're a freelance grant writer and you're, you're not working at a specific nonprofit right now, you can always borrow someone's in the group or we can give you some samples. So you actually go through the process of grant writing. Now, I always say this when people say, Holly, how do I become a better grant writer? I say, you gotta write grants, right? That's the best way. Um, but to have the knowledge of how to do that and then the practice simultaneously will make you a more confident and a better grant writer. So you definitely wanna um, jump on board. We also have a private Facebook group where I do a once a week Facebook Live. We have a lot of other bonuses. So if you wanna join, um, just make sure you check out. Just you can grab over to the episode today, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 172 to check out all of the show notes from today plus that opportunity to get involved with a six week master grant um, course. And the other bonus real quick for that is once you join this one, now I'm not always going to offer this, but I'm offering it right now, um, is you can always take any future of of my six-week grant writing master courses, my six-week live ones, you can retake it at no cost. So you might be going through it right now. You want to go through the six weeks. Maybe you know you're going to miss a week or two right now. But if you go ahead and secure that, well, you'll, you'll definitely get the replays as well. But you'll also be able to take future ones. So you might go through this and you're still working through it. And it makes it makes a lot of sense. You're learning a lot of skills. But then you write a few more grants. You have a little bit of a break. And six months later, when I offer the course again, like I said, I w- offer it once or twice a year. So every 12 months or every six months, right, you'll be able to get in, retake it, join a new group, and really hear more of their questions too. Like I always have students, since I've been offering the opportunity to audit the course in the future, um, I've always had returning students come back and take it again and just get more and more out of it, and they love this bonus. Um, But as I get more and more students that go through it, you can see I am limiting the spots. I only have 15 um, for this cycle. So because I do have that audit ability, ability, I might not offer that again in the future because we keep having so many students come and I want to still keep it somewhat intimate. Anyways, definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 172 to check out more about that. All right, guys, here is Dr. Pan. Just welcome, you guys. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Holly. Thanks, everybody. It's good to be here. Really appreciate it. Nice yeah. to nice to see you again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, and we're doing it very different today than usual, guys, so bear with us, but I think it's going to be fun, and we have a lot of different questions. So Jan and Char are actually both students as well um, in the mentorship program that we offer at Grant Writing and Funding, so they get to be behind the scenes today on the podcast asking uh, Dr. James some interesting questions about research. Um, But before I get there, I also want to just read your um, bio real quick so people really have an understanding of where you're coming from. So Dr. James Pam received his Bachelor's of Business Administration and Accounting from the University of Texas at Austin. He obtained his Master's in Mental Health Counseling and PhD in Counseling Psychology from the University of Miami. Dr. Pan is also an Associate Professor at the Abraham S. Fitchler College of Education, where he focuses on teaching program evaluation and conducting research and evaluation projects, some of those which we're going to hear about today. 
Additionally, Dr. Pan has been principal consultant of eVail Network, a research and evaluation consulting firm since 2000, which now has a podcast. eVail Network specializes in working with education, health, and human service organizations and grant-making entities. Yes, there's a connection today. The firm has worked on a wide variety of projects from systems of care and other collaborations to substance abuse, mental health, and after-school programs with organizations of all sizes. Eval Network has worked as an evaluator or research partner on local and national projects funded by foundations and government agencies. Definitely check out www.jamespan.com for more information. And I'll be also sharing that in all the show notes today. But welcome again to the podcast. This is super exciting that you're bringing all of this knowledge to us again, right? So you've been on the podcast before, that was episode 112, and now you're back again to offer some of what you've been working on and just more questions that we've had about evaluation sections and grants. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, looking forward to, you know, clarify some some questions, some areas that are sort of unclear mm-hmm. and just kind of we'll dive into it. So thanks for having me back on. What, what episode number are we on about approximately? Oh, this like one? Yeah, so I have it already scheduled out. It's going to be 172. Wow. Yeah, we're on 170. So we're, we're actually pre recording this, listeners. So that's why I had to look at my schedule, but it is. Uh, so for the show notes today, it's going to be grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 172. So we've gone, yeah, a lot. There's been a, there's been a lot of podcasts in between. So it has been a while. You've been busy as well, Holly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but with good things. Um, so yeah, so looking at this, okay, so for me, um, before we get into a lot of the Q&A section, I really want to understand, like when I when I re- read your bio, and of course, I was looking at it before, I was looking at your um, updated website, which is really cool. And I was thinking, you start in psychology, right? Human behavior. Like, I know that's really like your passion and your love. And then you go into like evaluation, um, you know, parts of grants, like this kind of expertise, like how does that all tie together? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, I think everyone has their own kind of like path that kind of winds this way and that. I started off in accounting actually. So, oh, I started off psychology, then I went into accounting, I finished an accounting degree and then I I switched up because I, I didn't want to uh, continue with that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with accounting. It's definitely been a great, it's been great to have a business degree. Um, yeah. it's, it's helped me in a lot of ways, but I went into the psychology to be, to go into counseling actually. And toward the end of my program, kind of the, the short of it is that for my dissertation, I did, uh, and an, what was my research was essentially an evaluation of an outward bound a program that was run in North Carolina and New York City with, with youth from uh, South Bronx and from other parts of, of uh, New York City. And it turned out as I, as I did that, that project, it, it was clear that it was a, an evaluation, a program evaluation. I didn't know anything about evaluation. My mentors, my, the folks on my committee, they didn't either. But that was my first introduction, like, oh, well, I'm doing an evaluation, I'm evaluating the program. That is like, what is the value? What is what uh, Michael Scriven calls merit worth significance of this program? And how do we de- you know, determine that? We look at outcomes, see what changes, look at the kids' perceptions, look what happens to them in terms of academics, in terms of self-concept. So that was my first thing. And then, so from there, as time went on, I started to do more and more evaluation projects. And the behavioral sciences, like 
tends to be like foundational for the, the work and evaluation, especially evaluation of health, human service and education programs. So there's, there's a fit to it. Um, and uh, I've worked on all kinds of programs from you know, after school substance abuse um, to, we did a, a for the university, we did a, an evaluation of a, of a, a jail uh, program, yeah. um, looking at different like systems of care, dependency courts, like the whole, whole range. And they all, you know, have, have in common, there is a psychology or a human behavior part to it that you're talking, that you're, you're, you're talking about. And uh, for me, it's really about like working with programs where I can, I can try to help them in some way, like make the program better in some way, or at least provide some feedback so that they know how they're doing so that the program could be made better or it could be uh, expanded or discontinued or, or, or whatever. Um, and that's kind of what, uh, what I, what I've been doing. I, I wasn't formally trained in evaluation. There are doctoral programs. There's different programs uh, in the United States and abroad that focus on evaluation. I started to learn evaluation more on my own, going to conferences and then, you know, taking uh, sort of mini courses, reading books, uh, speaking with other evaluators, you know, going to our national conference, presenting there, and then starting to teach evaluation. There's nothing like learning something like, you know, teaching it, right? You really have to understand it. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's been kind of uh, my path. So that's the long answer to, a, I think, a short question. No, but, yeah. I think it's great. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I love that, you know, writing grants was probably also a huge learning part too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We were writing, you know, I was writing grants as faculty and, and also doing other projects right away, right at the beginning, you know, my first grants were, you know, overwhelming, right? The first ones you do, there's a huge learning experience and the anxiety and everything. And now when we write them, we're just, you know, it's, there's almost no anxiety unless there's a, a problem last minute to get it submitted. Right. But yeah, learning, yeah, writing grants also has been, uh, has been a great learning process because you're coming up with a, you know, collaboratively. So everything, most of the things I've done are collaboratively. I'm working with other people. Mm -hmm. It might be students, other faculty, organizations, whatever, but you're coming up with, the cool thing about grant writing is just, oftentimes you have to come up with a, and you know this from your own background, right? A, a good intervention, a good program that can have an effect that an organization, that a group of people, that some context needs to happen, right? So that design, that program design piece is pretty cool. And that I started to get exposure to, and I teach a class now in that actually just sort of worked out that way in program design and evaluation, but that, that exposure I, I got through uh, grant writing where yeah. it was like, okay, we have to, you know, we have this opportunity to get funding. We have this problem. So what should the program be? And then you're the grant writer and they're like, oh, come on, what should the program be? Right. Yep. Yeah. It's you, it's interesting as a grant writer, how many programs you end up designing. Like it is a huge part of it. Right. So it's, it's very interesting to be like, oh my gosh, I've got to figure out how to write all these sections and and sometimes, you know, I have people coming to me, uh, freelance grant writers in the beginning, and they said, you know, um, my client's not telling me exactly how they want the program and they want me to help with that. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, it's par for the course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's a great opportunity, but there's also, there's ways of doing it, right? There's different approaches, different program design uh, approaches. And there's kind of a, there's a method to the madness sort of shouldn't just be a random process, right? To come up with a program that should be, you know, based in in some, uh, some there's, there's a logic to it, yeah. Right, and just kind of like looking at that too, as far as the logic and, and writing, you know, a program design. So we're looking at program design and that's 
really encompasses a lot, right? So um, the evaluation section is one part of that. Um, but when you look at that, like what do you need in order to write? So an evaluation is basically you're gonna show if the program worked or not in various ways. I mean, just be very basic about it. But with yeah. the program design, it's like, you need to know like, what are the key things that you always need to know to be able to write the evaluation piece? Yeah. Well, you need to know, uh, first off, what the needs of the organization are. You have to know what the, oppor the opportunity is wanting to fund, right? So there has to be consistency there. Um, there has to be a match between the two. You have to know that. You have to know, um, when we speak about needs also, a lot of just contextual stuff, like who's being served, what, uh, what is the organization's capacity, the history, um, all that, what is the local expertise, and so all of these things kind of, you know, factor in and many other things too that, you know, probably not thinking about right now, uh, factor into like what the, the design will look like. Also, you want to look at the existing literature. There's like a literature out there, research that's been, you know, published or that's available. It might be on the What Works Clearinghouse or any number of other places about programs or interventions that have, have you know, some promise or, or seem to work. And maybe you can take elements of those. Maybe you can take, uh, take those uh, adapt them for your particular context. Maybe they can be used just as they are. Maybe they need to be changed to made to be made, you know, appropriate for the organization, culture, and so forth of the individuals that are served, the region of the world or country that you're operating in. So all, all of these things, you know, need to be kind of considered when when designing a program. Right. No, but I also have to think. I, I think also like what I would say is like you have to think like if the organization gets funded. Can they do this? And do they really want to do this? What you're proposing? It might sound great, but do they actually want to do it? Are they able to do it? Um, that's that's an important. There's a lot of those kind of questions that need to be asked um, during the grant writing, the, like even like very early in the grant writing stage. Right. No, I love that because that, that has happened. I've seen organizations get funded and all of a sudden they're like, oh, do we really have the capacity to do this? And, you know, as compelling as their grant was <laughs> to say they do what they were, you know, are they? So mm -hmm. it's pretty common. It's fairly common, I think, because, you know, a lot of times um, as grant writers, we like in organizations have to like, apply for a lot of funding opportunities. Maybe some of the ones you apply to, um, the organization applies to, are not just like right on, you know, not spot on to what the organization wants, what they can do. But the idea is like getting a lot out there. So let's see what we can get. And then maybe you get something that is not perfectly aligned. So then what, you know, what can be done to, to, to line it up? But I've seen organizations, governments and others uh, not take, you know, get funded, um, get the award and then not take the award. That's, I've seen that multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So going back to this whole, like, okay, we're looking at, you know, developing a grant and you have different sections of that grant. So uh, you talked about, there's the need section, like there's always a need section and you have to show case, you know, you can in, implement both qualitative and quantitative. So more of the, the, the stats would be the quantitative and the qualitative is more about like maybe testimonials or something that, that contextualization as you kind of refer to. And then we have the goal, the goal of the grant, what are you actually going to accomplish, the objectives, how you're going to get to that goal. Um, and within that too, your activities, the budget, et cetera, like how you're going to do this. So when we look at the evaluation section, so some people might be like, well, what is that exactly? Because yeah. not all grants have that part. However, I always, whenever I build a table, how I teach building a table of how you're gonna do your objectives is to say what the activity is, who's gonna run it, uh, when is it gonna be done, and how, how is it gonna be measured, 
right? So at least throwing some sort of evaluation technique into grant writing. But sometimes there's an entire section. So can you kind of talk about like, what is the real need for the evaluation and how it can really benefit and just some tips on how to write that? Well, yeah, if it's required, obviously you want to get the points and, and then you want to be able to be set up so that you can do the evaluation if you get funded, right? But e even if not, um, it's oftentimes helpful to, like you're saying, you have different outcomes that you want to achieve. If you're running an after-school program, you want to improve uh, literacy, maybe even physical literacy, academic literacy, right? Um, behavior around nutrition, um, maybe, you know, uh, you know, you can think of any number of things like social emotional outcomes, right? And so it's helpful to identify what those outcomes are and figure out how you're going to know if those outcomes are met. Like if the program's actually meeting those outcomes, if it's making a dent, if it's making a change, so that, you know, even if an evaluation is not required, the organization can at least collect data on that and yeah. they can see as they're running the one year, the two year, the three year, what, however long the project is, they can get a sense, are we having the effect that, you know, that that's desired. And so a lot of times um, evaluations were required. They'll have specific like performance outcomes, performance measures, uh, things that you need to collect data on at, or use to collect data to be able to monitor and see, okay, are we, you know, achieving our, our outcomes with the kids? Um, you know, are they, are they, is the, uh, are their grades improving? Um, are they you know, improving in terms of physical activity, those kind of things? So laying that out very clearly, that's in terms of outcomes. From an evaluation perspective, a lot of times we look at outputs too, like number of people served. We look at the number of sessions, the satisfaction with services. These are like outputs too, things that happen immediately. Like when you do the activities, what you see right away, the direct product of the, of the activities. So I, I gave a presentation on this at, at GPA at the Grant Writer uh, Professional Association. Right. I got there last year, and we're gonna, I'm going to do another one this year. In I think it's in Seattle. Um, and so it, on that, on on actually putting together something called the logic model, which a lot of grant writers have, have heard about, and taking the logic model and then applying a, an evaluation approach to design an evaluation an evaluation plan. It's like a map for the evaluation, like design that using the logic model and an, and an evaluation approach. The evaluation approach is called the SIP model, a context input process product model. Um, I'm going to be actually interviewing one of the authors of a recent book uh, about that um, uh, soon. So that'll, that's, I'm excited about that. But anyway, so th these are kind of, these are some of the things that are, are uh, important. It could be, it's important certainly if, if it's required for your, your grant, you got to have the evaluation section it needs to make sense. There's ways to do that. And it, even if it's not, it's good to have it uh, there as well. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of like looking at that evaluation model. So I've seen, um, I've heard the trend is we're going to see more of this required in grants is what I've heard because what a lot of, um, you know, look kind of stepping back and looking at the future as we move forward and just the era that we're in, there's a lot of, um, scrutiny and they want more transparency and just, you know, it's like people looking at if these grants are getting funded and these programs are getting funded, we want to make sure they're sustainable. We want to make sure that they don't need grant funding always, right? Um, that they can become self-sustaining. Um, and just, you know, kind of looking at there's more um, real need about not just is this a good program, 
but will it work? And what is the real benefit? And is it changing that need section, right? So you really want your outcomes to be the opposite of your need section, really, you know, like these are all the problems and this is how we're going to fix it, right? And this is this is what, how we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, we want this to kind of, you know, so are you seeing that in, in the grant world as well or in, in the academic world as far as more requests for evaluation sections or anything like that? That's what I'm hearing. I mean, there's more uh, evaluation as a, as a field has grown uh, significantly, professional membership and, AEA, American Evaluation Association has grown. And um, I think there, it's, it reflects um, a, uh, a trend towards requiring more evaluation in uh, federally funded projects and foundation funded projects as well. So that's definitely a, a trend that's happening there. And we're teaching evaluation to people who are coming through our master's or doctoral programs across the country, not just our programs. They're learning about evaluation and they're learning about it because they're going to, you know, these people are going to graduate with master's, doctoral degrees. They're going to be in charge of programs. They need to figure out, you know, how to uh, address evaluation, how to incorporate it, and uh, for accountability. Mm -hmm. So, no, you know, the, uh, bottom line, you know, the, the kinds of programs we're, we're talking about right now um, have to do with, you know, do you, people's lives get better yeah. because of the program? How do you figure that out? And there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways to do it. Evaluators have a lot to say. There's a lot of theories of evaluation, different models, different approaches. You could go on my, um, you can learn about it, tons of different great resources about, about evaluation. I also have some uh, interesting interviews with different leaders in the field about evaluations. You can learn about them on, on the uh, podcast or the, or the, the videos that are on, uh, uh, on YouTube. I will, we'll give you, I'll give you the link, but yeah. anyway, so and that's evalnetwork.com. <laughs> so yeah, I got it. So yeah, so we can definitely, I love that. I love that you're talking about it more and that you are seeing that that's the trend, right? So moving forward, um, looking at evaluation. But yeah, it's just, it's so interesting too, because when you have these different grants, right? So you have a different grant and you're trying to talk about what is the improved kind of process or human behavior outcome. And what I've heard is a lot of people say, oh gosh, preventative grants are the hardest to write because you have to show something that hasn't happened yet. So, mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of grants and nonprofits, they don't want to just fix a problem. They want to prevent it from happening, right? So they see that there's a lot of problems that are existing. So how can we even prevent this? And how do you implement then prevention programs with evaluation? Yeah, you know, a lot of times there are, depending on the kind of program, but like a social type program, mm -hmm. that's maybe, you know, targeting, targeting some sort of like behavior problems and, you know, adolescence, let's say, there'll be uh, risk factors of prevent, prevention, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, there are risk factors, protective factors that you can target and you could look to see if those things change. So things that are, that happen before or that are associated with the problem behavior that we're trying to prevent but that are, uh, that are, that are important to happen. So, um, so we'd want to, you know, we want to see like, uh, adequate, like parental involvement, social support, these kind of things that you can, um, you know, you can actually measure. So you, you can look at some of these factors and see that the risk factors go down, the, uh, protective factors go up, and then there's probably, a, a you know, a preventative effect, but you can also compare a population, you know, population with, other populations and see what happened longitudinally and see if like uh, the uh, incidence of a, of a particular problem, if that goes down over time. Mm -hmm. So, 
or, or, or there's a difference between you know, different groups. It just depends on what you're applying for and how uh, research focused they are. Okay. Yeah, so, it, so like to say, if it was preventing suicide, like um, especially among teens or something in a certain area, then you would look more to what those protective factors are to say, um, usually there's not as much, or there's not as much suicide in a, in a different town because they have these different protective factors that are stronger there, such as parental involvement or, you know, other things, right? Yeah. All the sorts right. of uh, developmental assets that, yeah, the, the different, uh, uh, you know, factors that you, you would like to, to see, ideally, you could look at those and see, you know, are are, are they they happening yeah. uh, in that community or in the uh, in the, the the wherever the individuals are, where we work with them or or serve them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So looking out at the evaluation section, so there are sections in certain grants and some are more pervasive with that evaluation section. We were talking before we started recording and I know you mentioned like sometimes that section can be 20 points out of 100 for the entire grant, which is a huge amount, right? That's really high. Um, and it's normal for certain types of grants. Um, are those, what types of grants are those more pervasive that you see those um, larger evaluation sections in? Yeah, you know, I think like the health and human service grants, so all the, the different, um, you know, the different divisions um, under uh, Department of Health and Human Service. Th there's there's a lot there, although you know many don't have that, but it just depends. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to know, kind of like it's hard to predict, like when an offering, yeah. uh, when an opportunity is going to have a required evaluation section or not. But a lot of times it has to. Certainly, like Department of Education has it a lot in their grants. Um, CDC, you'll see that um, as as a as an area. Uh, I mean, under these are under health and human services, but uh, SAMHSA, uh, CSAT, CSAP, you'll see that there as well. So you know, it just it it depends depends on like what the the aim of the of the opportunity is. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we'll 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 see it there a lot of times, especially you know where where there's many different. Uh, grants that are begin, being given out, then they'll be interested in seeing, doing like a cross-site evaluation. And so they'll want local evaluators. They'll also hire like a national evaluator. Um, you know, if there's 20 or 30 grantees to be able to take all the data, put it together to see, okay, did this, did, you know, this 20, 30, $40 million, whatever it is that we spent, did it have a, an impact or what impact did yeah. it have, if any? Yeah. Yeah. So also from the sides, yeah, the feds or the foundations or whatnot, the funding sources want to know. We prioritize this area, but is it really helping when when the the grants are implemented? So um, that brings up something else and really interesting to me is that certain grants. Um, they actually require you to hire an evaluator, and sometimes they'll even say you have to use a certain percent of the grant budget for yeah. the grant evaluator. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, oftentimes, or sometimes they'll, they'll require or they'll give preference to having an external evaluator versus an internal evaluator. The difference is internal evaluator will be someone within your organization. External will be like another independent you know, organization or individual that, you know, sometimes a university, sometimes, a, a, you know, there's many different uh, consulting firms or large evaluators uh, out there that, that do that. And so it just, you know, depends. They might ask for, for one or, or the other. Um, so an internal or external evaluator. And then along with that, sometimes they'll, they'll set a certain amount. They'll want the evaluation to be substantial enough to be able to uh, have uh, sort of uh, a certain amount of like integrity to it 
or to be uh, to give rigorous evidence. So the idea is like in order to do that, that's probably associated with how well funded it is, um, you know, arguably. And so a lot of times you'll see something like ten percent, you know, twelve percent, something like it. Just it depends, but oftentimes it'll be uh, specified in, in the, the opportunity. But but many times they don't specify it, and you just have to sort of kind of figure out like what is this going to consist of, and then what is it going to cost. So right. the percents are kind of you know kind of funny how they do that, but uh, it, it ends up it ends up being a a, a good like rough metric, I think. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and I know your organization, your firm can also do that for, you can be an external evaluator for different grant programs um, as well, right? You've participated in that. Yeah, that's right. You know, we do evaluations at my, my role at the university. Uh, I've done before um, evaluations uh, privately as well. Um, but yeah, if anyone has any questions about an evaluation project and just, you know, you're writing it internally, you plan to do it internally, but you still have a question, you can, you know, reach out to me. And I teach evaluation, I work with students and I'm delighted to, to talk about kind of like, you know, some, some of these things that are particular to specific uh, RFAs, RFPs, yeah. Well, that's great. Yes, and we'll have all of your contact information <laughs> in the show notes so people can definitely contact you for that. But I think that's really wonderful um, that you're able to do that and to help because it is a needed. So if all of a sudden you're writing a grant and it's a required an external consultant, like where do you find that person? Right here. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jamestown. You can and, yeah, and also, yeah, the American Evaluation Association has a, a listing too of evaluators. You can get a sense, um, you know, from from that, like based on specialty areas. Like sometimes it's good to have someone who knows like a particular content area. Yeah, if, you know, it's criminal yeah. justice, or if it's, um, you know, after school or whatever. You can kind of get a sense of that. You can see that the American Evaluation Association can be a good place uh, to look for evaluators and you know, web search that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. yeah. And you also do, so we're talking about like the writing process and all of that, but you also do a lot of the post awarded uh, reports and stuff. And all of a sudden, okay, now it's real. Now we're actually doing it. We're just not talking yeah. about it. Can you uh, speak to that? Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. So when you, you know, you have the idea for the evaluation, just like the idea for the project, you do it, you run it, you collect the data, um, you have to make sense of it. And so make sense of it, do the data analysis, figure out, you know, to what extent did the program have uh, an effect and really answer that. Like how, what is the value, the value of the program? Mm -hmm. um, what, you know, what happened? Uh, did it reach its, uh, did, uh, its targeted participants? Was the program run as it was supposed to be run? Did it have its effect? Was it uh, maybe cost efficient? All these kind of things, all these questions that are a part of the, the evaluation section that you write up, you would actually then create a report to, to go over that. And the idea is that you try to create a report that will be read, um, that will be looked at. And it's, and it's a challenge to do that because sometimes, uh, you, maybe oftentimes evaluators will create like a long version of a report, you know, uh, a smaller number of people will read. And then like a shorter version, evaluators in the last 10 years have been talking a lot about doing uh, one, two page, um, you know, data visualization, inf infographic based like summaries, doing uh, really like effective, short, maybe a little bit longer than one or two pages, but executive summaries that are also uh, very visual, but uh, are engaging and that are clear to be able to share findings and, and do that on an ongoing basis as well, creating dashboards to share findings on ongoing, on a regular basis, provide regular feedback. So these are the kind of things that we're seeing in evaluation and those are the kind of reports. But then there's also like formal, like I said, formal reports that are required Mm -hmm. uh, by funders, by organizations, um, just depending. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Usability is an important thing though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important because a lot of people are like, I'll just throw some questions together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, when you actually do the report, and I've learned this through doing some um, surveys and research and data collection too, is I did this one um, survey and I was surveying um, different types of people with diabetes, right? So there are different types of diabetes. So asking people, what type of uh, diabetes do you have? And I just had the normal, like I had type one, type two, gestational, right? Diabetes. And what I didn't realize was a lot of people that were filling out the survey said, I don't know what type, but I know my doctor said I have it. So I didn't allow for an opportunity to put into the data there. They were not sure. right? So, so I think it's really good to vet a lot of how you're going to evaluate it without just jotting it down and throwing it into a grant, but really understanding what are the implications from these questions or from these evaluation methods. What, like you said, what's going to be the outcome? How do you actually measure that? And that can be a little tricky. And I know you mentioned there's, there is a lot of different kinds of thoughts on evaluation. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I know that can kind of get heavy, but you know, just- Yeah, there's, it, you know. yeah there's different like models for how you do evaluation, but I think what, what you bring up is a really important issue. It's sort of like, how do you actually measure, you know, like, you know, different areas. And we have different tools for doing that, different, call them tools, but they're really just, you know, they're not, you know, hammer and, you know, uh, you know, wrench and all that kind of stuff. It's more just things like surveys, like um, doing uh, surveys, like you're, like you're talking about. And so evaluators and researchers as well have to be really familiar with how to use uh, surveys in an effective way. So that they get the information that you you want to get, and that they don't bias the information or distort the uh, the the data in some way. And so having like a really good foundation, evaluators and researchers also will have like a really good technical foundation, like how to do, how to do a survey. And it might sound simple, like oh, how do you do? You just open a SurveyMonkey account, and you do this survey. You know, that's that simple. If you if you you know go that that route, then you might find that you get something that's maybe not that helpful. And so there's like specific ways, processes that you can go through to collect data that um, will give you something that's that's meaningful. There's pilot testing. There's all sorts of like survey development analytics that you can do to get to make sure that you have a survey that's going to be of you know higher high quality, relatively high quality that's going to be useful. There's other tools we could use too, like doing focus groups, interviews. To get to get uh, data, to get information, all sorts of other ways to get uh, answers around outcomes, around the evaluation questions that you have that you pose and that you'd like to answer through yeah. doing the evaluation when you run the run the project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I love that. Thank you for kind of shining the light on that. And also, just you can get grants just to do research, which I think is really cool. And it's not to say just yeah. do research because it's very important to do. But a lot of people think, okay, I need to do the research all first to get the information then to write the grant. Yes, some grants will have to be like that, but there's also plenty of grants where they'll pay you to do that research and to do it well. And then the next, then you could apply for another grant after that then of, okay, this is what we need to do. So I think, have you um, been a part of a lot of those types of grants too on the research side? Yeah, some, uh, mostly I'm doing, uh, you know, projects. Well, we have, um, we have one right now that is uh, foundation funded. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, so it's a, a foundation uh, funded uh, project and it's uh, to do research on uh, basically like helping kids who are in foster care who are transitioning out 
um, using a different sort of court process that's based on uh, restorative um, justice, restorative practices. And so it's kind of like the, the way that they, the, that the judge runs the, the court, the way that the engagement of the, all the different parties, kind of how everything is, is done is, is a bit different. It's uh, significantly different. So that is, you know, it's a project that was funded, but they're, what we're interested in doing research to figure out, okay, does it work? Um, and then how could it be replicated? And, you know, really um, seeing like, how, how can it be applied restorative practices approach, like the particular approach that we're using, uh, that, that they're using, because we're just, we're evaluating it or we're doing the research. Um, uh, so determining like, okay, how can, can this be uh, used? Is it successful? Can it be expand, should it be expanded to uh, other dependency uh, courts uh, in the, the county and across the, the state of Florida, maybe across the country. So, you know, th these are the kind of questions and, and the, the funding, so that, that funding there, it was, there was, there's definitely like a research component, but there's also a lion's share of it is actually to run this. Mm -hmm. But the interest I think is to figure out, okay, does this have uh, an impact? Right. Like, can it, is this, a, is this a, a practice that can help in an area that, that needs a lot of help, mm -hmm. which is um, looking at, at outcome for uh, young adults who are coming out of foster care. Mm -hmm. um, it, definitely a lot of room for, for improvement there in terms of um, how they, how they fare. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. Yeah. And I like that it can be a part of it too. So sometimes I know, especially over multi-year grants, some people will, um, first year is just doing the research and coming up, you know, with the whole, this is the plan. The second year is the pilot. The third year is the launch, right? So it's like looking at that kind of, um, you know, pathway in building it out for an entire grant. And that's definitely something that can be done. Um, as well, right? So there's different ways to do it, but I think really understanding that, and even if as, um, a grant's not asking specifically for evaluation in your grant um, application, to have something there though, it's gonna make you stand out, it really is. And it's just gonna make you understand what you're really wanting to get to, right? Not just the money, <laughs> it's changing the behavior of your beneficiaries that you serve. And then also knowing when the grant gets awarded, like you said, that might actually be where you'll be excited about it instead of overwhelmed and be like, oh my gosh, now we have to run this grant, right? So it just really helps with perspective, I would say, um, yeah. and helps you stand out. Do you have anything else to offer on that? Yeah, no, it's, I think it's a good management practice, um, just you know, in terms of like how you're gonna run the, the project. You, you wanna know just, you know, just like a, a corporation wants to know, you know are the efforts, um, resulting in improved sales. I mean, are, is the effort that you're gonna engage in, does it change the outcomes? Does it make people's lives better? Does it improve uh, out, you know, out well-being? Does it decrease suffering? However that's measured, however it's targeted, if it's educational or if it's you know, looking at criminal justice sort of outcomes um, as we have an interest here in that, um, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, it's, it's, you can see it as sort of just a basic management practice, even if it's it, evaluations not necessarily required or not scored, let's say, right. per se. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Um, really good highlights on that. I love the work that you're doing. 
This has been really, really good. I mean, is there anything else that you would recommend then to grant writers, especially those who might just be starting out and they might be like, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother thing now that I, I might have to do. <laughs> like, is, it, is there anything like you can kind of like say, okay, this is, you know, just to kind of break it down and make it a little bit more um, simple, right, for them or just not so overwhelmed as far as, okay, this is a research part or an evaluation part that I have to write now. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, learning about things like logic models can be helpful you know, starting to like takes trainings or, you know, read about it, um, learning about more like practical uh, evaluation models that are very straightforward. That's just to get an understanding about what evaluation is and how it's done, um, what it has to offer. Those are, those are things that I would do, but you know, logic model, I think is a great, is a great first step. It's something that evaluators talk about a lot and for good reason. Yeah. It's, it's something that just helps you get very clear like around what a program is, what it isn't, what's the, the reason why you're doing the program and gets it on into like a one page, mm -hmm. typically one page visual you know, document that allows people to share and brainstorm. So that's a good like first place. And then you can then start to see the outcomes and start to learn maybe a little bit about how you could assess those outcomes. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can definitely make, you can, you can go a lot of distance on your own with that. And then you could also talk with evaluators about um, helping with, with those sections. A lot of times evaluators will write the evaluation section mm -hmm. um, for different projects at, at the front end. Yeah. So yeah. they'll do that or, or work on that. Uh, so you can, if you find a good evaluator to work with, then that's, um, that's also uh, helpful too. Yeah. yeah I love, I love the logic model too, because you can put it up when you're working on the grant, like on your wall, and it gives you that focus and that clarity and that that guiding map, right, to really to follow, um, so you don't kind of like step out of that, which is it's really great. Um, one question, I have another final question on the whole um, increase decrease method. Okay, so there's the whole, and I've written this both ways. I tend to veer more on what things are increasing. So what, what outcomes or outputs are increasing versus decreasing. Um, but just as an example like that, you could say self-esteem is increased, right? For at-risk youth. Um, or you could say decreased would be, um, you know, suicide has decreased or, you know, suicide rates have decreased. You know what I mean? So there's this whole like um, a kind of approach to the negative with the decrease or the positive with the increase and how to measure that. Right. So do you have a preference for how you kind of, you know, because you kind of want to keep it consistent then if you have these different outcomes, you all want to have them increased or decreased. Like what's your kind of view on that? Yeah. I think it just depends on what the outcome is. So you might have a lot of, you know, improve, increase, or you might have decrease. If it makes sense to, if you want to, you know, you want depression, anxiety, that kind of thing to, to decrease, right? So it just depends on the outcome. And so the wording would just reflect that. And usually in the logic model, you'll have like a brief statement of the outcome, not the full sort of like how much of an, uh, of an increase, you know, that kind of thing. It'll just be sort of more, uh, more general. So you can, It'll, it'll fit within a visual, you know, one page right. oriented document. Yeah. Okay. So no, no real preference on increase, decrease kind of language. No, just, it should just make sense in terms of what you want to do. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Thanks. <laughs> I really struggle with that sometimes as a writer, like which way do I want to take this? Cause you can really go either way. Right. It kind of ends right, up yeah. the same, but it's like, how do you frame it? So yeah. Yeah.
Okay, awesome. Okay, so before we get going uh, today, I just want to mention again, evalnetwork.com. You definitely have a podcast, which is really fun. I was on it too, which is great. Thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> um, and just, you also have a blog. Um, any other final comments before we sign off for today from anyone on the call today? Yeah, you can check it out and also connect with me on LinkedIn too. Um, so I, I, I connect with a lot of uh, evaluators, a lot of people in, in health human services, grant writers, on LinkedIn, it's a great place to to exchange ideas. So that's that's where I that's where I, I spend some of my time. Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah, we definitely connect on there too. That's awesome. So James Pan, once again, P A N N. So those of you looking for LinkedIn, um, definitely check it out. You share a lot of resources there too, which is fantastic. So definitely um, someone to follow on LinkedIn. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much for today. Well, thanks, Holly. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Grant Writing and Funding, our show, the podcast. Uh, please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 172 to grab all of today's show notes, as well as the information on the upcoming six-week grant writing master course that's kicking off on June 1st. All right, guys. See you next week.